Military alliances like NATO have been in the news a lot lately. A big question about alliances is how much they cost the United States to form and maintain. Many presidents, from John F. Kennedy to Donald Trump, have complained that alliances are super expensive for Washington. And it turns out they're right. Alliances are indeed expensive. I'm an expert on international relations, and I'm going to talk to you today about new research co-authored with Joshua Alley, published in the journal Security Studies, that looks at the financial cost of military alliances for the United States. In our research, we unpack two schools of thought that examine this issue. The first we call the budget hog view, holds that alliances are quite expensive for the United States. This is in part because the United States must spend lots of extra money in order to get military equipment to be able to credibly defend its alliance partners. This would include power projection capabilities like submarines, aircraft carriers, missiles, as well as maintaining a, a network of overseas bases so that the United States has forces in faraway regions that can help defend its allies. In addition, there's an argument that allies of the United States engage in what's known as free riding behavior, whereby they cut their own defense spending as the United States is increase, increasing its spending in order to defend the allies. So for these reasons, both the direct costs required to defend other countries and the possibility of free riding, the budget hawk view expects that alliances should lead to large increases in, in defense spending for the United States. A second perspective, which we call the bargain hunter view, leads to a different conclusion, namely that alliances are much cheaper than the budget hawk view leads us to expect and might actually save money for the United States in the long run. This is because alliances generate efficiencies and can lead to cost sharing. Moreover, alliances are thought to promote peace through extended deterrence, which can reduce the likelihood that the United States military has to get involved in wars overseas or other costly military adventures that it would otherwise have to do were it not for these alliances. So by investing in these alliance arrangements and bolstering deterrence, according to this line of thinking, the United States is actually saving money in the long run because it has to fight fewer wars. What we wanna know in our research is which of these two views is correct. To find out, we collected data on US defense spending going back to World War II and data on changes in the number of countries that have treaty-backed security guarantees from the United States. And then what we do is we develop a statistical model that allows us to estimate the relationship between changes in the number of countries that have security guarantees and what then happens to the U.S. defense budget in subsequent years. Our statistical model accounts for other factors such as the president's political party and economic growth that might also be important for unpacking this relationship. What our analysis shows is that an increase in the number of alliance commitments is associated with a large increase in the U.S. defense budget, both the following year and in subsequent years as well. To give you a sense of the size of this effect, one of our models shows that a 10% increase in the number of alliance commitments adds about $26 billion in spending to the U.S. defense budget in the subsequent year. 
10% increase in alliance commitments roughly translates to going from 50 countries with security guarantees from the United States to 55 countries. So what does this all mean? It doesn't necessarily imply that the United States should eliminate all of its alliances or even some of them, as some have called for. This is because while alliances are expensive, the United States also gets a lot of benefits from them. These benefits include promoting peace, reducing the risk of war, making the US military more effective by augmenting its own power projection capabilities, lowering the risk of nuclear weapons proliferation because countries that have security guarantees from the, United, from the United States are less likely to want nuclear weapons of their own, and also attracting trade and investment opportunities for the United States. So the bottom line is that while the United States spends a lot in order to maintain its military alliances, it also gets a lot in return. So the key question for policymakers to grapple with is whether the benefits that the United States gets exceeds the budgetary costs that we've identified in our analysis. This has been Matthew Furman, professor of political science at Texas A&M University. To learn more about this research, check out my paper with Joshua Alley, just published in the journal Security Studies.